This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to the Builder Future podcast. I am Rebel Faria. Today, I'm very, very happy to welcome back Mallory Brody from Bridget. Um, as you recall, we pro- we had her on last year to talk about all Bridget was doing, and it seems like uh, so much has changed over the last year. So uh, welcome, Mallory. Thanks for having me. Excited to be back. Yeah, I mean, you know, for people who haven't uh, uh, had a chance to listen to the, the show last year or as a refresher, uh, why don't you just, uh, you know, briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what Bridget is. Absolutely. So my name is Mallory Brody. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bridget. We are a construction software company based in Waterloo in Canada. And we have two products in the market. The first product is called Bridget Fields, and that's for punchless management on job sites. And then we launched our second product, Bridget Bench, which is for workforce planning. And that was launched in May 2019. We have a team of about 75 people now, um, some great investors such as Autodesk, Salesforce, Standup Ventures, among many others, and excited to continue to innovate within the industry over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, uh, since last year, it feels like not just, you know, Autodesk and Salesforce, like you mentioned, jumped on board as well, but also the number of people you have on staff now, too. So a little bit more under the umbrella that you have to look after. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We've definitely grown quite a bit on our product and engineering team. So just really looking to, you know, continue to build out our offering, make improvements, being able to, you know, quickly answer requests coming in from our customers. So um, lots of growth on on the product side in particular. Yeah, I think I think last year when we talked, we we were talking a little bit how, you know, construction companies in general were a little bit leery about jumping on board with new tech and you know what I mean? Because they got to overhaul their operations. But, you know, why don't you let me know, like, how the pandemic and, you know, where at least the management team has now not necessarily been in an office, but they still had to, as you say, you know, workforce plan, right? You know, people still have to go on the job sites, but you still have to plan in a team environment, but now offsite. Like, did that kind of help people, you know, jump on board and take a chance and then see what the product actually is? Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen, you know, a ton of changes in digitization within the construction industry really since 2013, when more mobile phones and tablets were coming onto the job site. And, you know, everyone has a slightly different you know, opinion on this. But what we're hearing is that the pandemic accelerated the digitization in the construction industry by at least five years, um, because so many companies were just, you know, forced to, of course, work from home, bring their processes that may have been a little bit more manual or siloed in some way and make uh, a move to a more cloud-based software where it was easier to collaborate with their team working remote. So we saw all sorts of things, but you know, some customers had, or at the point they were prospective customers where they had maybe post-it notes up on their wall, trying to move post-it notes around as though they were people moving to job sites to do the workforce planning or you know, Excel spreadsheets that one person would pull up in a meeting, but wasn't very easy to collaborate on all these different you know, whiteboards, all that kind of thing. And so when the pandemic hit, we actually saw 
our highest usage ever. So huge spikes in terms of our current customers and then number of customers who came on board as they were looking to, you know, really advance their workforce planning process um, and were no longer able to do it in the office the same way that they had been before. And we haven't seen anyone go back. So even though some offices are now, you know, open in the U.S. and everything, no one has gone back to their whiteboard. So they're they're sticking with us, which is great to see. That's awesome. So it looks like the old habits are gone and the new habits have kind of taken hold. But, you know, the other thing I, I noticed is that you guys kind of built upon your existing strategic workforce plan, uh, your reporting, uh, to include like, you know, project opportunities and various scenarios. And and I actually loved it because, you know, as, as part of being, you know, as I, as I said, even last time, and I say generally my day job uh, of being a, a construction owner, you know, you're always planning ahead. And do I need more staff? Where am I going to put people? How, how did that come about? And, 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 and how has been the, the feedback in terms of, you know, trying to, you know, schedule people for based on your projections down the line as well? Yeah, so we just launched that about a month ago now. Um, so spring uh, 2021. And we ultimately, in the initial customer research we did, we knew we had to do that. So we were getting a lot of feedback around, you know, being able to model out scenarios based on if I were to win this pursuit or that pursuit, and how does that affect your workforce plan. So that was one of like the major pain points that we heard upon the initial research. But the challenge was when you're developing a product, you can't just skip all the way to that feature without building <laughs> the foundation first. And so yeah. there was, you know, the overall workforce planning capability that we had to build into the product. We had to ensure that operations teams were really seeing a lot of value moving off of their spreadsheet. Um, and all these steps came, you know, before we were able to actually add the pursuit and strategic workforce plan into the product. So our team and our customers were just so excited when that went out because that's, like the one feature we had just been desperate to get out since we launched back in 2019. Um, but it's just, again, there was all these building blocks and the foundation of the overall product we had to put in place first. Um, so that's been very popular and very useful. And it's something that's just, especially at scale, really tricky to do in Excel spreadsheets um, with all these different you know, scenarios and sorting it by a specific job title and all of that. So um, yeah, everyone is very, very happy to have that out the door now and live in the product. Yeah, I mean, I would think it, it it's not just beneficial for, you know, the, the project managers or the operations managers, but also for uh, the team as well, because I know uh, supers, you know, sometimes, you know, they'd like to know where they're going next. And in the past, it was, okay, you finished this job, and that's when they find out. So it sounds like, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff you guys are doing, you know, it's almost like a people first business, you know, wh why was that an important feature or, you know, mindset that you guys want to bring forward with Bridget? There's a couple different reasons. So the first is, you know, we've been in the in the construction tech space since 2013. And throughout that time, we've seen a number of different solutions developed. And they've all been very project first, which makes sense, obviously, given the industry is very project based industry. However, as we talk to more and more people in the industry, we found out that there was just this very high correlation between the people that were on a project and the overall project outcome, which sounds obvious, but you know, a project manager is not a project manager, like they're not all equal. And there's certain people that are specialized in specific areas or better at working with certain subcontractors or with certain teams. So there's all these characteristics that can help um, determine whether a specific project team is actually going to be the right one for a particular project. Um, so just sort of heard that in the industry um, over the years. And then we discovered the workforce planning pain point. And then in addition to that, the industry has been going through massive, you know, labor shortage challenges. And so 
the desire to really ensure that your team is happy and you're retaining them and they have a professional development path. These are all things that were starting to become more and more important to construction companies um, because their, their business ultimately relies on having those people and they need the people to grow. So after sort of all those things coming together, we realized that there was just, you know, a huge opportunity to um, improve the tool set that contractors are using to ultimately track and enhance the overall performance and utilization of their workforce. And, you know, we're just at the beginning of that product journey with Bridget Bench, but definitely feel like we're getting amazing feedback and customers are coming to us with, you know, since you do workforce planning, like here's this adjacent workflow that's connected and that would help us understand, you know, which people are the best fit better. And we're getting sort of all these ideas from our customers, which has been really great and motivating to see. Yeah, you know, I'm sure from your side, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, because you're saying you're just at the infancy of Bridget Bench, but you know, since since last year, since we spoke, I've seen such a rise in some of the changes and everything else. So, you know, I I think when you're in it, sometimes you don't see how much you've actually grown over the years. But I'm just saying, looking from the outside, I can see all the changes and everything else, and and especially to do with your brand identity, you re- you guys recently kind of. I switched that up a little bit. Can you let me know what was the thought process going behind that and, you know, what uh, like what you guys are kind of showcasing now? Yeah, so our brand, so our original logo um, that we had back in 2013 was something that we got actually from my sister's colleague, who was a graphic designer, and he offered to, you know, for $50 to come up with a couple different logo options for us. <laughs> and so we picked one, and we went with it, and we were like, who knows if Bridget will even be around in a year from now? Like, let's just pick this logo and go for it. We like it. But we never really put any thought into the overall brand, because in the very early days of having a startup, you just... It's just not the main thing that you can necessarily invest in. Yeah. Um, and then over the years, we knew that we, you know, ultimately didn't feel totally connected with the the brand and the visual identity, but tried a number of times to do a rebrand and just like <laughs> we couldn't get it right. And I think we realized through this rebrand that we were really straddling between being sort of like the expected look of, you know, a tool company in construction or the other construction software companies that very like black and yellow or blue and orange type look. And we were like, oh, is that what the industry wants? Like, should we just do something sort of within those guidelines? And we just never felt like it was Bridget and representative of our company. So one day we just, you know, took a step back and we're like, do you know what? Our, Our customers love us. Like we have always been a little bit different in terms of our approach, a bit unconventional. So let's just own who we are. And we think our customers will actually like that, even if it's not like the standard colors that they would maybe like be used to seeing in other products or from other vendors that they're they're purchasing from. So we just went with it. And so it's like very bright colors, you know, there's some gradients in there. And, you know, we just think it really represents the company and our customers ultimately have loved that, I think, with the rebrand. Um, and we now finally feel that, you know, the visual identity is actually representative of, of who Bridget is as a company. So it's been exciting to actually bring that project all the way through to completion. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, especially with a brand identity, you're trying to convey a feeling that you have and you're trying to explain it in words to somebody who has to design it. <laughs> and sometimes there's that, there's that gap, right, that you can't yeah. uh, always fully explain it. But, but that's pretty awesome that, that, that it's come to it. You know, you, you, you mentioned earlier on off the top, you know, some of the partnerships you have with, you know, Autodesk and Salesforce and stuff. Like, how has that kind of changed some of the trajectory and 
what you guys can accomplish, not just in the short term, but in also like the medium to long term, shall we say? Has it been has it been beneficial in terms of like, you know, being able to, you know, dip that toe a little bit deeper to, to try new things? Definitely. So uh, as soon as, you know, Salesforce and Autodesk came on board, I'd say like one of the biggest ways that it helped us is just building that further credibility in the U.S. market. So being, you know, a Canadian based company, a lot of our network is in Canada. And so it's, it is sometimes difficult to establish yourself in a new country, but through Autodesk and Salesforce, we are just really able to, you know, leverage the fact that those are well-known brands and, you know, our customers know who those companies are and they respect who those companies are. So that really helped us, I think, build up trust in the early days, which was great. Um, and just more awareness to our overall brand. And then, you know, specifically Autodesk, they of course have, you know, a suite of other construction software products. So it's been great to just be able to integrate with those solutions very easily, work with the Autodesk team directly um, to make sure that we're building integrations that are helpful for our customers. So from that standpoint, there's like a lot of points that we can work together and partner going forward, which has been really great. Yeah, yeah. But Daniela, who I was connected with, that made the introduction last year as well, she posted something interesting. And it feels like, at least from where I sit, I'm not a big tech person, it feels like a pretty lofty goal. But you guys have started to do a fair number of integrations. And, and you guys have a goal that you guys are looking at. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the integrations that you have and, you know, why that was important to, to kind of push it out every week? Absolutely. So we have had a huge focus on integrations. Um, one thing that's really allowed the construction industry to advance a lot from my perspective over the last number of years is that um, it's much more possible for their solutions, their tech stack to become integrated, um, which I think was one reason why the industry is potentially a little bit resistant because it's so complex. Often you need more than just one piece of software, but if those solutions are not integrated, then you end up still having to do a lot of manual data entry and it really takes away from the overall value that the tool can provide. You know, then we sort of saw the progression to, you know, everyone leveraging open APIs, but that was limiting because if a construction company were on the smaller side and maybe didn't have an IT team um, or tech team that was able to build that integration, then they would still be, a little bit stuck. So what we've been doing is releasing these essentially like pre-built integrations that all of our customers can leverage. There's no development work required by our customers at all. So that means that if they're using other technology solutions, they can just integrate Bridget Bench with those solutions. And then the data is flowing back and forth really easily, um, which is just one less step for them in the process and allows them to get you know the full potential out of all of the tools that they're using. So that's been really important to us. Specifically, we've been integrating with, you know, project management solutions. So some of the Autodesk suite, uh, Procore, CRM solutions, and then like HRIS, Workday, for instance, SuccessFactor, some of these HR solutions as well. And that just really helps all the people and pursue data flow easily um, within our product. Yeah, I think the first one I I saw was the Bamboo HR uh, integration. I was like, that's pretty awesome because you're now able to track when people are you know, have vacation with your workflow, you know, your workflows flow and stuff like that. And it, I think it just, like you said, that vertical integration really adds such a, such a different sort of uh, facet to your project planning, right? To your workforce planning going down the line. For sure. Yeah, we, we totally agree. So we're going to, we're going to keep going on the integrations, basically like any company that our customers bring up, we'll sort of see if it's possible to do within the, the infrastructure we've built, but the goal is to be able to integrate, you know, with really all the tools that our, our customers are using today. 
Yeah. And uh, on, a, on a, I guess, a, a side note, it, uh, I saw that yourself and, and, and Lauren, uh, who's a co-founder as well, um, you guys were named as a Forbes 30 on the 30 on, in the manufacturing industry sector. That must have, you know, in, in addition to all the other, you know, Autodesk integrations and stuff, you know, that must have been uh, pretty cool and pretty neat. Like, what did it mean for, for you guys to be included in that? That was awesome. We were so excited. Forbes is, of course, such a like well-known publication. Um, it was really neat to see. And I think the part that we thought was pretty funny was they did a Canadian roundup list of different Canadians that have been mentored, mentioned in the different Forbes lists over the years. And one of them was more like arts and music focused. And so Justin Bieber was on the list. <laughs> and so we were um, like right after Justin Bieber on this Canadian roll-up list. And I was like, that is the only time I will ever be named in some sort of like top list alongside Justin Bieber. Um, so that was pretty cool. But it was, I think it was just that they had reached out to us or someone nominated us there wasn't like a formal interview process or anything like that. So it was more of like a written uh, submission that someone had sent in for us on our behalf, which was really flattering to, to be able to um, get that award. So that was great. Just, you know, it's always great to get recognition. Sometimes, as you said, from the inside, you're like, are we doing things right? Are we, are we growing? Are we delivering for our customers? You know, how is this going? And so sometimes it was just nice for the team in particular to get the reminder that, you know, we're on the right track here, which was great. Yeah. And especially for an establishment like Forbes, right? It has that name recognition, not just here, but worldwide, right? So, I mean, that's got to be pretty amazing for yeah. sure. You know, something that, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on that's a little bit, you know, not necessarily geared towards Bridget, but just more in a contextual sense is, you know, women in, in, in our industry, you know, in, in the construction industry, you know, there's been a few things come up over the last few weeks and months. There's still some old thoughts, I guess. I don't know, you know, uh, how to say it, mis misogyny, whatever. You know, from your perspective, you know, being in the construction industry from, from a tech side, how has it been for you working in this industry with such a male-dominated mindset? Yeah, so I think early on, Lauren and I, we just didn't even think about it, you know, that we were two women at the intersection of two male-dominated industries, construction and technology, because we really were just looking at what our past experience was, what our families did, you know, having worked in the construction industry. And it just, I was in an entrepreneurship business program, Lauren was in civil engineering, like it just made sense for us. We didn't really think about it. And then it was as the company started to get bigger and we started, you know, doing different press interviews and that sort of thing that we would get asked all the time. So definitely like the, from the first time we were doing our research on job sites, like we didn't feel that there was any issue ultimately with the fact that we were female, like the job sites were very welcoming and wanting to give us feedback and everything. So that was great. I would say the thing that we've learned in terms of building the business, because I think from the outside, people would almost expect that our company would be very male dominated, but we're actually like 50, 50. And that was not even intentional. It's just sort of the way the company grew. And I think it is because we were diverse from such an early stage. We had, you know, females early on, people from different countries, ultimately, people from different universities, people that did not go to university, like just a really diverse workforce. And it's very easy to scale that once you have that early on. And so I think the challenge for the construction industry when it comes to diversity is it isn't starting from a place of diversity, um, it is very male dominated. And so to reverse engineer that is very difficult. But I do think that like every female that ultimately is rising the ranks of the organization, like 
she ultimately will be an influence to more women entering the industry. And so it's really important to, you know, celebrate and, you know, in some ways promote those, those figureheads in a lot of ways, just to make it um, encouraging. And then I think we need to go almost like out of our ways to much younger, you know, schools and programs to promote the fact that construction is, you know, an amazing career option and making sure that, you know, even if they're not seeing maybe their parent in that industry or something like that, that they see it as, you know, a valid workforce or work option. Um, I think given the different labor shortages within the industry, like the industry has to be able to tap into another part of, you know, the potential workforce because it needs too many people. So I think it's just like really important from a strategic perspective that companies are attractive to female employees um, because that's just a whole other group within our economy that can be, you know, tapped into to help grow the industry overall. So it's, it's definitely a challenge to reverse engineer, but I think it's possible, but companies will have to invest. They'll have to go out of their way to really be an attractive company for a more diverse workforce. Yeah, I think you're right. It's one of those that, you know, they say like, you know, Mason contractors are mainly Portuguese and you know what I mean? Like so on and so forth. And it's just stuff that has been around for a long time. And I think I, I do feel like it's changing. I've been seeing a lot more women on job sites as, you know, electricians and carpenters and stuff like that. And, you know, there are people out there that are really pushing the fact that, you know, women can have a choice to get into the industry. And I think that's really important. And I'm sure women seeing, you know, people like yourself in a position such as yours and Lauren's saying that, hey, you know what, like sometimes it's, you know, you can still get into construction and there are many different, you know, there's so many different aspects to construction. Uh, I think people, people fail to, you know, sometimes fail to see that they just think that you have to be on the job site, right? But there's some, there's project managers, there's, there's superintendents, there's so many different aspects that you can actually uh, get into, right? Yeah, it is like there's so many different roles. And I think technology specifically is just a rising uh, career opportunity within construction companies as well. Like, I think that's another avenue. Um, One of our customers was actually posting on LinkedIn about all of their summer interns. And I just happened to notice that a lot of them were female. So I'm curious if, you know, just how they how they did that, because it was awesome just to kind of see all these college students that were joining the company for the summer so far, all the pictures I've seen are of, of different females that are joining the company. So anyways, I'll have to chat with them and see if it was, you know, a specific program or if they're getting that interest. And then, you know, what's the approach to maintain that interest into full-time, um, full-time role. So potentially some lessons learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, I, you know, I always like to touch, touch on these topics, you know, just to kind of showcase that there, that there is a need and a want to, 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 to get into that. Right. But, you know, uh, another, um, sort of uh, thing I wanted to, 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 to touch on is uh, Built Worlds. I've been actually following them for quite a while, and I noticed a few months ago you guys became part of Built World uh, Catalyst program. Um, you know, can you share for our listeners, you know, what Built, World, Built Worlds is and how that partnership came to be and, you know, what you guys are bringing to each other? Absolutely. So we've been working with Built Worlds for a number of years. We've been to a number of their events and we've been able to speak at some of their events, which has been great. And I think they've just, you know, really become this hub to ultimately bring all of the different, you know, technology partners together in the industry to make it really easy for construction companies to just stay up to date on what is new, what are the different options out there. And they've just been like this great connector really within the industry. So with this program, we're able to really just 
you know, ultimately formalize that partnership, get to know some of the other vendors, figure out how we can all work together. And they're able to, you know, help us do some of the research and understanding of what the industry needs from a technology standpoint. So the program's pretty, pretty new, I'd say like still, you know, figuring out sort of like all the specific ways and opportunities to work together, but they're just such a great organization. And I think the industry has really benefited from them being able to bring so much information, you know, front and center, making it easy to access for the industry when it comes to technology and innovation. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I, I've been following them because it, it, it did feel like a little bit of a of a hub for all the you know tech platforms within our industry, right? So, it, um, you know, I love the fact that now you guys are part of it, uh, a part of it as well. Um, you know, now like you know, obviously, like even last time I said the same thing, but you know, what what can we expect for for Bridget in the in the coming months and and the next year? I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, from speaking from last year. Um, you know, we can all we can all dream, but uh, you know the way you guys have grown over this this past year has been has been extremely phenomenal. But what do you see uh, coming up for the next few months and the next year for you guys? Yeah, we have so many exciting um, product developments coming down the pipeline. I think you know it, there's certain features like the strategic workforce plan that we talked about earlier. And we were like so desperate to get that out and into our customers' hands. And now it's out and now we're already like, okay, what's the next big thing? Like, what's the next big thing? And so you don't really take a moment to be like, wow, it's so awesome that that got released. We're just always looking at, you know, the next 12 months and everything um, from the product roadmap perspective. But um, ultimately, we've learned a lot from our customers, um, having them, you know, use the product, bringing on more customers who had more contractors ultimately to learn from. And, you know, the, the short term area, which I can kind of talk about is just really building out more of the feature set for the pre-construction team. So leaning into that pursuits type functionality that we talked about, um, pre-construction teams have become like our number one user overnight. Um, now that they're really able to collaborate effectively with the operations team on the platform. Um, so just really right now we're getting a better understanding of some of the other workflows that they feel are important ways that they can use the tool and we'll be building out some features for that team specifically um, and then have some more ambitious um, product plans but they're still you know a little bit more top secret in in the works right now <laughs> no that uh, that makes and you know i'm i'm actually interested to, to keep seeing what what new integrations are are going to be um, you know, coming out over the next uh, the next few weeks and the next couple of quarters and stuff. I think that'll be fascinating to see how you can kind of bring other people in who otherwise may may not have looked at the solution as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, thanks again, Mallory, for coming on. You know, for our listeners, you want to share where you know if they wanted to find more about Bridget, uh, they wanted to you know do a little test run uh, or or get a hold of you guys to do a demo. Like, where could they find out more about you guys? And how do they get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So just by going to our website, it's gobridget.com, G-O-B-R-I-D-G-I-T.com. Um, and we have some videos on the site, lots of information. Um, you can book a demo through the chat there. Um, and then our LinkedIn page is typically, just under Bridget is typically where we post like a ton of our uh, product updates and, and major announcements and everything. So that's a great place to follow us as well. Um, if you're looking to just stay um, up to date on the company and and what we're what we're doing. Perfect, perfect. I mean, th- like I said, thank you again for coming on uh, again. Uh, one year later, almost maybe almost to the day. Um, you know, who knows uh, what this next year is going to hold for you guys? I'm sure it's pretty exciting. And even from uh, for me, who's always looking at you know what what's changing and stuff, it's 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 really intriguing and exciting to follow. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to catch up. Yeah, thank you.